It is the season of Lent, of course, and one can look for guidance in discerning good from evil in a variety of places. One might listen for particular wisdom at a retreat or a lecture or a special class. One might follow the Lent Madness website, this uh, crazy idea that patterns itself after basketball's March Madness. Lent Madness puts one saint against another each day. And so one can look to these various holy women and holy men of the church for guidance, for advice, for help in knowing the difference between good and evil. And then there's the advice of Mae West. In the movie Klondike Annie, as the Frisco doll, she suggests that between two evils, I generally like to pick the one I never tried before. (laughs) Mae West's character points to the reality of life. We have choices to make, and we make them. They're not always the best choices. They're not always the right choices. Sometimes it's like the person who responds, well, there are no good choices, but this is our best bad choice. (laughs) And yet even in the most dire of situations, if you think about it, we do have choices. We have choices to make. At the very least, or perhaps sometimes the most, we can choose how we feel or how we view a situation. In this morning's adult formation class, we were talking about love and and one of the keys to love being the, the difference in temperament and disposition. We're born with a particular temperament, but disposition is the stuff that we can improve on. It's the stuff that spiritual disciplines support and shape and further Life is full of choices. Faith is full of choices. We're often confronted with whether to choose God in all capital letters or some other God, the little g, the gods that confront us every day, those, those little gods that tempted Jesus in the wilderness in the scripture we read last week. We're often confronted with whether to choose the way of faithfulness or with what might appear first to be the quicker way, the the safer way, the more comfortable way, the easier way. And finally, we're called and invited to choose between blessing and curse, put in the terms of today's scripture readings. In our first reading from Genesis, Abram has to choose whether he's going to keep on listening to God and insist that God is the one, the true God, or perhaps it's time to find some other God. He hasn't become Abraham yet. He's not totally convinced yet. He hasn't come to that point of conversion, marking a decisive change in his following God that comes even with a name change. It's still early in the game for Abram. But God has promised, your reward will be very great, God says. And so Abram is beginning to wonder, well, when is the good stuff going to start rolling in? 
I'm being faithful. Where's the reward? Where is the reward, God? You've promised me children. Where are they? But then just then, just at the point of Abram's possibly choosing to go a different way altogether, God answers. God shows up. In this case, God saves Abram from making a bad choice. God says, stop doubting, stop worrying, just be faithful, hang on a little bit more. I am the Lord who brought from Ur out of the Chaldeans to give you this land to possess. In other words, God reminds Abram, I'm the God who brought you out of the middle of nowhere to somewhere. And it's going to get even better. Lucky for Judaism, for Christianity, for Islam, Abram chooses God and is our ancestor. In today's gospel, there are choices again, but they're a little more subtle and hidden than in last week's gospel. This week, the religious and secular leaders are feeling threatened by Jesus, and so they're trying to run him out of town, be done with him, get rid of him. But Jesus sends a message back. He says, tell your leader Jesus isn't going anywhere. He's staying put, and he's staying faithful. Jesus knows that there are others who will choose another way. He mourns over the city of Jerusalem. He knows its history. He knows its future. A city that rejects prophets in the past. A city that represents so much. A city with wealth and power and tradition and sophistication and creativity and diversity. A little like New York. A city that can so easily reject Jesus and in so doing, reject the moving spirit of God. St. Paul writes about this kind of rejection in graphic terms. He speaks of those who are enemies of the cross of Christ, those whose God is the belly, whose minds are set on earthly things. But for us, Paul says, We who choose to follow Jesus, whether we follow well or poorly, Paul assures us that our citizenship is in heaven, and from there comes our Savior, Jesus Christ. That's a choice. It's a choice we make. It's the stuff of disposition. We choose where to be citizens. Sometimes our parents choose it for us at our baptism, but we grow to that point of making the choice of Christ for ourselves. The choice might come at some formal occasion, like a first communion or a confirmation or a marriage or a funeral or at some unexpected time. We might find ourselves choosing Christ again in the midst of worship or in the middle of the park or in front of a great piece of art or in the midst of literature or in the middle of music, in the middle of love, in the struggle of a relationship, in the time of emotional or spiritual intensity or crisis or challenge. There are all sorts of opportunities that present themselves And we make a choice. Sometimes the choices for faithful living come daily, hourly, even by the minute. Robert Morris is a retired Episcopal priest over in New Jersey. And he describes an insight about choices. 
when he stubbed his toe one day. He described something most of us have probably experienced. He, he was walking through his house barefoot and accidentally he hits his toe on a step in just the right wrong way. And so with his first breath, he yells something along the lines of, God! (laughs) And he probably added a few other words. But then with his second breath, it occurred to him that the words he already said were in fact a kind of prayer. To cry out, God, in any context, is a prayer. What else can be added changes the prayer and intent of the prayer. That's all in what Morris calls the first breath and the second breath. The first breath is that God, which we perhaps have very little control over. But it's that second breath where the decision comes. We can decide. We can make a choice. We can decide whether the rest of that prayer is going to be a blessing or a curse. When Father Morris stumps his toe, he realizes that a prayer has begun, and so he might as well finish it. And so God becomes God bless. God bless my toe. God bless my clumsiness. God bless me and have mercy on me. It's a little like my mother might say about somebody across the street. God bless her. Still a prayer. It all depends on how it ends. Think about those situations that come up for us daily in which we have the opportunity, the invitation to to turn those first breaths into second breaths of prayer and faithfulness. We can choose with the person on the other end of the phone, the person on the other side of the counter in a store or a business the person across the table from us at a meeting, the boss or supervisor who can never be pleased, the family member who after all these years still doesn't get it or get us, the person who wants to talk politics when we would rather talk about anything else. God bless. All deep religious practices at some point I think pay attention to breath, to the breathing, yoga, tai chi, Christian meditation, centering prayer. All of them remind us to notice our breath, notice our breathing. Christ invites us to pay attention to our first and second breath prayers. The first ones are from the gut, they're reactive, but the second ones can come from a place of faith, a place of reason, a place of openness to God's Spirit. By paying such attention, by choosing blessing over curse, we can begin to pray like Jesus prayed. In so doing, we choose to follow Jesus Christ. We choose to turn toward Jerusalem. We choose to take up our cross, and we choose to turn toward God. Choices are all around us. Choices about a career or a special person or finances or vocation or how to respond to someone. May the Holy Spirit guide our choices. Help us to watch our breath and live toward a way of blessing. Any choice 
will have consequences as life plays itself out. But with faith, the only bad choice really is the one we make without God. As long as we choose with God, then God moves us toward blessing. Blessing with Abraham and Sarah, with St. Paul and St. John and the Blessed Virgin Mary, the disciples, and with the faithful of every age into the eternal blessing that is Christ's presence and peace. Thanks be to God for the gift of choosing In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.